Does earnings season really ever end? I mean, we've had some of the big guns already. Got a lot of companies reporting this week. And we still have some big guns to report later in the month, like NVIDIA. All eyes on CPI at 8.30, folks. At 8.35, new guest from T3, Sammy Abusad. He'll talk to us about his trading style. It's Tuesday. We're in the red. We got a lot of work to do on pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Alconin. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. Good morning, investors. Uh, starting out in the red at 2075, almost 21 handles in the red at 50, 20, 75, and never even got a chance to sell on change last night. We'll talk about that when Triple D comes on. The buck down a dime, back under 104, bonds up a few ticks right at 120. Crude back in the mid uh, 77 handle of 56 cents at 77.48. Gold up 910 at 2042. Silver in the green, that's up 14.8 cents at 22,000, or 22,000, $22.91. Bitcoin futures above 50K. Great day yesterday. Only given a little back up $325 at $50,140. And Triple D, we're going to bring Triple D on here and uh, dealing with some rub this morning. Yeah, little pullback here. I mean, again, to Craig's point yesterday, to every person on Twitter's point, we're all a bit overbought. Every analyst on CNBC, I mean, everybody thinks we're overbought. We are overbought. There's no doubt on certain stocks we are overbought. The question is, do we stay more overbought? Do we get more overbought? Or do we get an inevitable dip? You know, the markets just don't go straight up. So we have a little dip here this morning. But what we're seeing again here on individual stocks, and we'll get to those in a few seconds, is the buy the dip. People are just re-emerging. The money managers who are underweight stocks continue to buy any type of dip that we get. And that's what continues to propel this stock market higher here. So I don't know, Joel, are we going to get this 10 to 13% correction that Craig says we possibly could have in the next month and a half? Well, he put a you. few he put a few caveats in there, like um, as far as like, you know, it could take 60, 90 days to, you know, to carry out and uh looking at it technically, but um I think what's more important uh, than what Craig Johnson said or did is uh, what uh, Triple D did yesterday. Uh, huh. Trying to talk to me about selling this as MC- SMCI. I said, well, I thought I told you to tell it to sell it to $250 ago or maybe not that <laughs> much. But uh, man, oh, man, your feel for mm-hmm. the market is incredible. I'm going to pull up that SM. Is it just fair? It's incredible for a day, Joel. Because you know what, it pulled back since I sold it, but let's be honest here, it's already climbing its way back. And I did not get the top yesterday either, so I didn't sell it all. So I halved it back at 550, and then the stock sold off 
40 points, I felt like a hero. And then three days later, it rallied 100, and I felt like a zero. So, I mean, this is one of those stocks that's just marching. You get these little pullbacks here, but what ends up happening is you're happy for a day, and then all of a sudden, you know, it starts marching again. So I've halved it at 550. I halved it yesterday at right around 780. Um, and, it, and it went to 800, so before the 800. And then it kept going. I was like, oh, man. And then it pulled back and closed a little bit weak. But I just, it's gone so far, so fast. This wasn't a stock. When I bought the stock at $250 about four or five months ago, I didn't anticipate it going up 200% in the first six weeks of 2024. So I was looking at it yesterday, and I was up 201%. And I'm like, it's hard when you get those three baggers, it's hard to just say no. And when it's so much so fast, it's not like this took two years to build. This literally built in six weeks. So it's a lot. It's really a lot, a little bit, maybe too much, too fast, a little. You know, I had a Reuters reporter calling me yesterday, actually, and um, just talking about, you know, ARM, which we should talk about, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. The crazy moves. And I'm like, it's a little bit of euphoria here right now. Usually... Not always, but usually it's a good idea to take profits into euphoria. So, I mean, Arm Holdings obviously reported the earnings, passed from 80, we know, up to 126. And pulled then, back. We talked about it yesterday on the show, that little inside candle and closing at the high of the day. Set up that? well yep. yesterday. I did not anticipate it grabbing oh. and actually moving more. So, at one point in time, I believe it was up more than the earnings on no news. So, this is pure euphoria. You know, people like, I got to be in. I got to get a piece of this. I mean, ARM is mainly a cell phone parts maker, folks. There isn't, you know, like this isn't like the pure AI play that they're just working just exclusively with NVIDIA and we're all AI. It's an AI play. It's not as pure as NVIDIA, I'll tell you that. But their market is just gravitating to any type of AI story. They want the next NVIDIA. They want the next SMCI. ARM apparently became that. I feel like, though, this one may not be as sustainable as maybe the others. Uh, well, a couple things here to note. Uh, first of all, I think with the, I'm just going to go to the arm and I looked at I think you just had a whole new group of traders in it yesterday. And I think they were the ones that were keying off the inside day. And when you got yeah. pop up and then you didn't fill the gap, I'm like, ah, one, you know, you opened up a couple bucks, you missed the <clears> gap by 80 cents. Like, hey. Why not, you know, put a stop at yesterday's high or even at the close at 151 and then they came in with volume. They actually traded more shares yesterday than they did on Thursday. So that's that is and a it has a small float too, Joel. So when these things are trading, it's the same shares just churning over and over again to a certain extent. You know, a lot of this is just short term. You know, bot driven rally here, but oh, yeah. you know, the oh, float wow. is it's 90%. The stock is 90% held, I believe, by SoftBank. So, and they will unleash. So, the lockup expiration, meaning SoftBank can actually start selling, is March the 12th. So, really? it's a ways. That's still a month away, but it's coming. So, I don't know if, you know, they're, you know, going to try to find a way to get out early here or not, because if I was SoftBank, I'd be trying to figure out a way to get out early with, you know, sell your peanuts while the circus is in town type deal. I mean, this stock wasn't cheap to begin with, Arm. Again, we've we've argued that SMCI was cheap when it was 300. I made that argument when I put it in Nassau. We argued that NVIDIA wasn't as expensive as everybody was saying when it was 500, that it could grow into that multiple, that if you were looking at the Ford multiple, it was only trading 25 times. I, you can't make that argument with Arm. 
Like Arm is not cheap on any metric, no matter what you're looking at. This company just does not make you know that much money. I mean, the forward PE on this puppy is 106 Joel. So again, you know, SMCI when we were looking at the forward PE, we were looking at it like 18, and I'm like, well, this is an AI play that is priced cheaper than the overall market. It. That's why it made sense at $250. That's why I put it in Nassau when it was $300. That's why I bought the stock back when it was $250. I mean, now obviously SMCIs went up substantially and the forward PE has, has grown with that as well. But, you know, they're supposed to grow earnings. But ARM, I mean, this report, Joel, wasn't like an SMCI report either. If we actually just break down and look at the numbers, this wasn't like just murdering it and they can't even, you know, fathom the growth here. I mean, ARM was 29 cents versus 25. They beat by four cents. The revenue was good, 824 versus 761. That was all good. That's the, not guidance, the, guy, it's, the guidance for the full year. So full year, 24, $1.20 to $1.24 estimates were a buck 07. So it's a guide up. But it wasn't like, oh my gosh, we have to you know, start adjusting higher here because the earnings, we just can't keep up with the earnings. That was the case with SMCI. They, they weren't ready for that type of spike in earnings. With ARM, it's a completely different story here. I mean, they're supposed to make a buck twenty-four on the year. That's projected. The stock's one hundred and thirty-nine dollars. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science and a mathematician here to figure out this thing's trading like one hundred and ten times earnings. I mean, this does feel like a bubble. So, unlike the SMCI that had some earnings potential to grow into that multiple, this is not a small company either. This isn't one that's just growing and growing. It's a one hundred fifty-three billion dollar company here now. Was 100 billion a couple of days ago. It's a big company. So SMCI was, you know, well, before I had the big move, was a much yep. smaller market cap, which allows it to move quickly. I mean, SMCI's market cap is still only 43 billion. It was only 15 billion at the time. So you're new tacking on and doubling your market cap in a couple of days on an earnings beat that wasn't, you know, it was a good beat. The stock should have went up, but should it have doubled on it? I don't think so. So the fundies, unlike I would say with SMCI aren't as strong here to continue to drive this price higher. So I, I think you ring the register on the arm, but I, who knows like the small float, these stocks can go crazy, short squeezy. It's impossible to call the top on these things. It's uh, it'd be interesting to get David trainer back on because you got, you guys had that uh, discussion on NVIDIA a while back and uh, you could buy both are arguing, uh, you know, made very good arguments. The price action is leading your way. I'm not going to do technicals on all these. Um, I'm yeah. just going to say, I haven't seen a consolidation yet. And a lot of times you like to see before turn is some consolidation, the way these things rocketed up. I don't know <laughs> if you're going to get that consolidation before the breakdown uh but just looking at these hot rods here uh you know just I, I when we talked about you selling i was like well maybe look at the highest low of the move as a point and i know you hate getting selling on downward momentum so that's just one trick or the the uh closing price the old time high closing price before we move on to earnings and we got a lot to cover does something else bothered you in the market yesterday and it was actually something that was kind of good if you own small caps. Yeah. yeah, well, IWM was just ripping. And I'm like, you know what? If they start, and, you know, again, you know, there's been multiple people on our show that have been predicting, you know, a value catch-up. I was doing it for a while, you know, predicting the value catch-up. It just hadn't come. 
I mean, if you start seeing people start to gravitate to the small caps and to the value stocks, and Craig made a fantastic point too, which we've been talking about. If you're going to go into a year, we are going to start eventually cutting rates. It's good for all these small caps that are really beaten up. So what you could see is maybe some natural rotation back into those stocks. It's starting to happen a little bit here. I think you're going to get some dips. I think you're going to get some more opportunities. I don't think you need to chase the IWM names. I still think the regional banks have issues, and that's you know could be a, you know the boogeyman you know for for the IWM. But I mean, the natural rotation has been value or growth, not value and growth. A little bit yesterday was value and growth. There wasn't a lot of stocks that were weak yesterday um, overall. Like obviously, you know, SMCI still tacked on, you know, points and IWM was rallying too. So cats and dogs happily, you know, living together yesterday. But it has been a value or growth market. So I'm just a little cautious as piling into growth names here when value starts to perk up. So, you know, maybe you got to start looking back at those value names again, because there is good value in some of these value names. You're a long-term, you know, investor. There are some names out here that are probably just simply too cheap. Oh, I'll just tell you this, IWM, I did, took this, my eye off it the last couple of days. It's been ripping. It's giving back a little bit today, but we're right back at that 50% retracement of that entire move since late 2021. So before you, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater here, the trade that everyone's been looking for, the small cap catch-up trade, I mean, you catch a bid here. The closing high of the move, Dennis, was actually made yesterday at 202.96. So uh, trading in the red now. The other thing I just wanted to mention when uh, Dennis and I were doing the uh, the pre-show, getting prepared for you guys, you know, we both, when we looked at the S&Ps and the Spider, we both, you tried to do it in the after hours. I tried to do it. Uh, overnight is, man, I, I wanted to see unchanged. I, I wanted to see if they could get, I felt that that was a very low risk uh, trade. Spider never get there. The S&P uh, missed it by a point before you got the sell off. But uh, I think maybe a little bit of the catalyst, uh, catalyst for that sell off, ANET earnings. And let me go to. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. ANET here. Uh, I'm going to go to my pro. I will give you the earnings. They reported a beat 208 versus 170. Slight beat on revenue uh, guidance, uh, not super hot. So I think it's maybe a nice run up in the stock, trading at all time high. And they did deliver the good guidance. Uh, Triple D, talk about the price action. And a little bit of the price action from yesterday on the growth names. Like they did pull off those highs. So where you saw a lot of tech, you know, really having a good morning. The afternoon wasn't so great. So you had a little bit of nervous profit taking even in the queues. You know, we went from 438.80 down to 435, losing about, you know, three quarters of a percent in the afternoon. So a little bit of profit taking maybe on investors' brains and investors' minds. So ANEC coming into that wasn't a good setup if you were long. And that's why, you know, we're selling off. And we can look, even, you know, take you know, some of the other ones too. Um, I'll let you do some levels on this. But you've got okay. multiple high-flying momentum names like Shopify and Datadog, even GFS this morning, um, which isn't really a Momo name, but, you know, still technology, all selling off. So you could clearly see profit-taking in tech. But let's give us some levels on ANET, and then we'll move over to the Shopify report. Way off the pre-market low, after hours low. Uh, that came in at uh, 255, right on the kisser. You caught a nice rally. 255, ran into some trouble at 265. What what do we got from yesterday? Ooh, yesterday's range is way up there. I don't not looking for a gap fill today. This 260 area, I know it got through it in the pre-market, 
Uh, but I'll look at the low at the end of January. Right now, your first level to keep an eye on is 257.31. That would be the next daily low. And if you're looking for more upside, uh, you got you to gotta get a solid bid here above 265. And we're a ways away from it. I just want to know if there was a was there a tech stock yesterday that had earnings and then oh yeah I just want to note the price action on Monday.com it was a buy but if you were too early you got smoked it dipped under 200 it was down a lot in the pre market yeah. took out the pre market low so don't know if you're going to get that same uh, uh, you know price action in ANAT but it's something to keep in mind you ended up with a green candle in Monday. Uh, have these other cyber names already reported, Dennis? So maybe you don't have as much of uh, um... well, we're still getting some. Um, mm -hmm. and obviously, you know, there's a lot of tech stocks. This is actually a pretty big week here, still, Joel, for um, a, a lot of a, a lot of names here, a lot of you know, the widely traded technology names here. We got like Twilio and HubSpot, Applied Materials is going to report, we got Roku going to report. Obviously, this morning we've had a number of names as well, which we're going to cover right now. I mean, Shopify is probably the biggest name here um, that everybody was watching, and you're getting a significant pullback in Shop too. Again, expectations maybe just simply too high here. Shopify did beat on both the top and the bottom line. They expect Q1 revenue to grow at low 20s percentage rate. Um, I'm not sure where that came in against expectations, uh, but it still sounds pretty good growth. But again, you know, you've got got a stock that was $50 back in November. It's $90, a stock that's up 80% in three months. So, I mean, you know, there's profit taking here. But what we're also seeing, you know, what we've saw over the course of the last few days is people are buying the dips. So I don't think it's going to be one that goes down $20, $30, probably by the dip people emerge. Now, again, CPI in 8, 12 minutes can change a lot of our opinions. But, I mean, we're already seeing, Joel, a lot of these, you know, technology names, to your point, Anet, you know, dip was bought. Even the non-technology names, I mean, let's just go on a segue for a second. Children's Place here, Joel. I mean, yeah. this dip, they're talking about a stock that's needing to raise cash, a company that actually might, you know, potentially, you know, be flirting with, you know, not being a going concern. And this, they buy the stock from $8 to $16 in two days. A doubler. A doubler. That doubled. So you could say, oh, what a horrible, but boom. I mean, they are buying the dip not only in tech. Now they're buying the dip in everything, even companies that are saying, you know, potentially not good things. We didn't say the bankruptcy word, but, you know, its potential is there. And they don't care right now. Money managers and, and investors are looking for dips to buy in almost anything right now. That was a wicked wicked bounce on plce to double them from eight dollars sixteen dollars in two days get most of the losses back now we've got you know an analyst ringing the register here again we're going to go back to shopify we might as well just close this up we've got an analyst ringing the register b riley is downgrading this to sell and saying look use this bounce to get the hell out of here i'm i'm not going to argue with you i think i'm probably on the b riley side here but you know i don't follow children's place very closely but man i mean this is, uh, you know, a big bounce. And if you think the company's got some struggles ahead of them, maybe downgrading to sell and a $4 price target isn't a bad idea after just ride 100%. Wow. Okay. I'm just going to finish up. I thought there was a downgrade to sell at B. Riley Children's Place traded down a buck 64. I mean, you had a, you had a nine buck rally. So four and a half, that would take you to the 1270, 1270 or $13 area. 
I don't know if you're going to get that low today because I think some people got caught. Oh, this is going to zero. They got caught on Friday having to, you know, rethink things on um, uh, today. Uh, but just get some, you know, maybe some consolidation. But I'd be looking for the twelve seventy five thirteen dollar area. Uh, if not, then maybe get some consolidation. But I just the other thing I wanted to point out is since you went from Shopify to Children's Place, I'm just going to uh, throw in uh, HE here, um, Hawaiian Electric. Like when these stocks have those kind of moves and they drop, man, a lot of times it just they're, they're dead. They're absolutely now this is a whole different thing with the fires and everything, but Man, I mean, if you think this thing's going right back to 20 or right back to 8, you could be in for a wilder herd here. Unless, of course, uh, you get some uh, you get some news. Uh, back to the Shopify, well, yeah. the original. Uh, 80 bucks. I mean, that, that was your initial support. You had three lows right at that $80 level back uh, earlier in the month. Uh, Pre-market trading, you got to 78, 71. So I, I still like that area. The only problem is, is if you, you lose that candle, your next daily low comes in at 75.82. Uh, so right now, um, there's your support resistance. The bottom of yesterday's range, that's going to be a major number if we ever get back up there because you had a double bottom at 89, just under $89 here for Shopify. Um a stock we just I don't want to trash it, but look at waste management, Dennis. Up five eighty-four. I just wanted to mention I to that. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> waste management's uh, been a monster move. Look at that thing. Yeah. Out of like you, you think like consumer staples and you throw it in consumer staples. It's the one that's been performing. I mean, so many consumer staples have underperformed this market massively. You know, Coke's reported we can talk to them in a second. But there's been a lot of consumer staples that have just not performed. Um, you know, overall, you can see the XLP. And if you go out to the monthly charts here, we've gone nowhere for two years. I mean, you're getting a dividend, a little dividend in there of 3.2.56%. I mean, great dividend. Um, so it has been good. But waste management, not the story. Waste management, new all-time highs once again. People got a lot of waste. They got to manage it, Joel. Well, where, where's trash going? I mean, you know. Not going I away. Mean- I, I do my part with uh, with recycling, so uh, maybe, you know, I don't know. Everyone else is this. I'll just give you the pre-market high, and that's it. That's a target at 196. So keep an eye on that. Big move. Breaking out new all-time highs here for waste management. Uh, let's go to some earnings from this morning. We'll go to a really boring one first. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Oh, up 75 cents. Go to Benzinga Pro, and what did we get out of Coca-Cola? You got a, um, let's see, uh, you got a slight beat on revenues. I'm not seeing the EPS. Um, it met estimates. So, I, oh, yeah, EPS in line at 49 cents. I mean. So where we need wanna, AB. He's good yeah. at just reading the, reading the pro. I'm not as good at it. <laughs> 59 support. 61 resistance. I don't have much big. Ed, let's see if there's some paper at 61 the, here. The numbers were fine for Coke. Yep. The numbers okay. were fine for Coke. I mean, Pepsi maybe lowered the bar to a certain extent, really got beat up on its report, and then bounced right back. So, or, or is in the process of trying to bounce back. Yeah. Pepsi reported as 174, and then they knocked it down to like oh. 166. That's a big beat up. I know it doesn't look like much on the chart, but for a staple, you know, when they lose six, seven bucks, it's notable because these stocks move around sometimes 50 cents a day. 
So wow. it was, you know, again, the, the dip bot there too. I mean, it's now across the board dip buying. So it's funny, even this morning on the S&Ps, Joel, as we continue to climb back here, we were very weak this morning. Dip buyers re-emerging. IWM's only down 20 cents here now. So they're emerging there too. We got CPI in six minutes. That might change the story here, but there's still a lot of people who are chasing this market. In, inside day in Coca-Cola, folks. So keep an eye on those parameters. And uh, you're pressed up closer to the upside. Pair of matching highs and at the 171 area and then a pair of matching lows just at the 167 area. Let's go to the data dog back three. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Where did we get to here? 110.68. Are you killing me? This was down another $20? Data dog. This is just their point. It's making the whole point of the whole show. This is making the whole point of our show here right now. I mean, this stock was down $20 this morning. One, who's the stupid news algo selling this down when they're in full buy the dip mode? Like, I mean, if you're selling this at 115, 114, 112, you're definitely not listening to pre-market prep. You're definitely not paying attention to what is happening in this market. They're buying dips on, on almost bankrupt companies. I mean, Datadog is you know a company that's sitting at a high. They're going to come in and buy a $20 dip on Datadog, and they're buying it viciously. Um, let's give you the numbers here. Their earnings hmm. were just fine, 44 cents in line, 580 million versus 566 million. The guidance was kind of light for next quarter. They're only looking for yeah, 35 cents versus 39 cents. Also for the year, kind of light. Buck very 30 light. versus buck 44 versus buck 83, very light. That's huge. But they cannot stop buying the dips. I cannot believe they bought this all the way back. Because you know what? This actually is not a great, not great guidance at all. But they are just hungry for stocks. They don't care. I'm like, nope, it'll just, we'll shrug it off. We don't care. We're buying, you know, companies even on disappointing guidance here now because we're just so hungry to order to own stock. Maybe we do need a pullback and get some of this euphoria out of here because I can't believe this data dog is trying to go green. This is a really crappy report. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, I'm just going to give you the uh, a range here. If you're thinking of selling this today, and I don't know if you did miss your opportunity after trading down to the under 112, you come back and fill the gap at 133.31. That was yesterday's low. And then the close at 134.85. So if you held this through the report, you saw the dip, and now you're getting this rebound here. Uh, see how it reacts. It goes green on the session. Well, you have the pair of highs and the 137 handle. But, wow, what a rebound here for it's data. It's trying dog. to go green, Joel. This is not a good report, folks. No. This is telling me we need a correction. We It's been too easy for the bulls. I know it because I've been on the bullish side. It's been too damn easy. We need, like, we probably need a washout here to shake out those weak hands because this is getting to be ridiculous that they're buying stocks back. That the company lowers guidance here. Maybe they said something on the call. You know, we're not listening to the call, but you just take these numbers at face value and you think, should lose 10 bucks. It goes down 20, way overshot. Comes back all the way up to almost green, way overshot this way. <laughs> if I owned Datadog right now, I'd sell it right now. That's a substantial haircut. A buck thirty-eight versus a buck forty-four, and estimates are up at a buck eighty-three. So and for a company that is not cheap, Joel, it's not like this is again. You know, we're seeing these arms. We're now seeing euphoria. 
We're now seeing, you know, moves that aren't justified by any fundamentals whatsoever. The forward P on this puppy was 71, but you got to lower that. I think it's going to go up because the earnings, you know, where they were projecting is not going to hit. Doesn't sound like, at least from the company here. This is, I believe, an overshoot at 132 to the upside. Now, CPI is going to come out here. Let's see what that happens. Maybe the whole market gets euphoric again if CPI comes in light. It's a big number for the markets. But wow, this, you know, buying up here at 132 right now, feel like you're asking for trouble. Okay, 828 here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I don't think I've ever done uh, one of these reports uh, solo here. Triple D is going to You're going to have off. to. Yeah, I'm going to sit. No, yeah, no, no. I'm going to go to the background and trade this number. It's going to be wild. we got T3 coming up here, though. And I mean, T3, actually, you could probably bring in the, uh, T3 early here because um, uh, I do see it's ready in the background here, too. I'm going to oh. trade this number. So, Joel, I'll give you the number. He'll give you the preview right now. Give you the number. Then we'll bring on our guest from T3. And then I'll be back at you to be with the guest in a few minutes. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here's the setup for the S&P 500 index futures. On your one-minute chart, you're trading down 17 handles at 50, 24 and a quarter. Uh, off the pre-market low at 17 even. I'd have to say if we do get a dip in here, I don't know if I'd be like going short at that 50.17. Um, I do see uh, some weekly support at the uh, 50.10 level. Go wide, Dennis. And that means, and I'll explain that. We have to explain that every time. Go wide means he just widened his markets and all the stocks that he makes markets in. So he doesn't get picked off. Um, on the upside here, we're almost back in mid-range on the session. That's 28 and a half. Really, the other the other thing we need to worry about uh, or to be aware of is the pre-market high right by the close at 5041. So there are your parameters. The whole world is waiting. It's hot. Whoa, folks, it is hot, and they are absolutely lighting this market up like a Christmas tree. So much for that support. We just dropped. 25 handles in a heartbeat. We are now down under 5,000. We, oh boy, oh boy, we're even below my lowest number of the on the sheet. That means get some bids out there. We spiked down to 92.75. I'm really, I'll see what the actual number is here, but street not expecting this, uh, this inflation numbers trying to come back. That was just a straight flush there. Probably had all kinds of sell stops in there, and here we go. January, I mean, is it even? It's got to be out there. At least the algos have it. At least with that kind of move down. January CPI. Let me go to my Benzinga Pro, and what do we have? Ooh, four core CPI up 0.4 versus 0.3. Year over year, 3.1 versus 2.9. Month over month, 0.3 versus 0.2. It's a straight negative flush across the board here. Well, now we're not talking about interest rates going up in March or May or June or whatever. Inflation's back, folks. We got something to worry about here um, in the market. Trying to catch a bid here, 44.92.75. Uh, Pre-market low, 92 and a quarter. Let me look at my dailies here. On the dailies, 49.70 is your next daily low. That was your February 7th low. Let me see if you have an intraday low different than that. Uh, on the 7th, you had an interday low at 49.88. Haven't caught that yet. Your next daily low, that comes in at 49.77. So a little bit concerning. You had the, the 
minor pop you had to drop trying to get it back over 5,000, but just being overwhelmed with sellers here. I wonder if Powell will come out today and said, I'm so sorry for my pivot back in November or December. Sellers still pounding the market down 50 and a half handles. Here we go, folks, in the 4980 handle. Watch your bids here. We are off my sheet by almost uh, 20 handles. So the market, good, 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 good. For the longest time, the market followed it higher. And now you get a hot number, folks. Is inflation back? We are now down 56 handles. Bids are scarce. If you're trying to sell into this, <laughs> there hasn't been many pops at all. So uh, we got, a, I think we got AT in the background here. AT, if you're in the background, uh, can you roll the intro so I can get a drink of water here and uh, get ready to talk to our guests? Wow, Sammy Abusad here. What a day. The Red Dog threw you under the carpet, under, under the rug, and making you come down on a day of CPI. What an introduction. Let's just talk and give you a background here on Sammy. He's a professional trader at T3 Live. He's also their director of education, specializing in gaps. Hoo-hoo, we got a lot to talk with you about today. Climatic and reversal strategies. Wow, that's coming into play. You even created your groundbreaking earnings play, a unique strategy for predicting post earnings moves in stocks. Sammy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's just stop uh, and start here with uh, with gaps, and uh, we're going to be dealing with a lot of gaps today. Talk to us about your uh, your 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 strategy and then maybe we could pull up a couple stocks because it could be gapping all over the place today absolutely so with gaps the idea is that the reason why i like them is that because they generate a five-day move in 30 minutes or less so they generate they create a lot of momentum because nobody's had has had the time to exit uh, and so the next day they wake up and they're down five ten thousand dollars and they start to act on emotion rather than hard cold logic and so as a trader, I can see that reflected on the chart and can take advantage of it. So that's why I really, really like gaps. Okay. So you, so you wait, you wait for the move after earnings. Are you trying to anticipate the move before earnings or do you, are, are you in there and then do you pick up the pieces afterwards? Yeah. So I have two different strategies. One where I anticipate the move before earnings and I get in before the, the company reports. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a swing strategy. And I have a day trading strategy, which is, uh, you know, after the open. Uh, so I look for, uh, I, I scan the gaps list and I pick out my favorites and I focus on them uh, and I trade them at the open. Okay. So uh, that uh, with the pre-earning strategy, that's something that Dennis, we talk about with our, our listeners all the time is that alpha, you know, in a good market, a bull market, man, you got to own a stock ahead of the report, especially a, a major company. Um, so are you playing, are you playing that alpha and then exiting ahead of the report, maybe taking a little piece through, tell us your strategy for the, as far as holding the stock into the report. Yeah. So I, I, uh, 
in 2010 or so i've been trading for a uh, for full time for 17 years makes me look old but um i've uh, but you're 20, not how old are you i'm 41 oh that's young in uh, in 2010 i i started to notice while scanning after the close every day stocks gapping up or down off of their declining or rising 20 period moving average on the daily chart but i completely ignored it for like 7 years and in 2017 i started to trade those companies um, before they reported so basically what i'm looking for is a really strong stock that it's pulled back that has pulled back to their rising 20 period moving average on the daily chart before earnings and i also want to have some panic selling before earnings because i'm looking for basically the michael jordan stock something that's really really strong but investors are panicking out of it right before earnings because they're expecting a bad result so you got a strong stock with low expectations that's that's a recipe for a gap up the next day or vice versa when, when we're playing short uh, you know you have a weak stock that's actually running up into earnings that's again a recipe for a gap down the next day so so i so that's what i li like to do uh, this market this quarter uh, i can look at my uh, tracking sheet which is shared with all my uh, subscribers uh, i've done um, 81 percent of the plays were long only 19 percent of the plays were short mm -hmm. it, it, the market has been bullish so it makes it makes sense uh, but uh, a lot of times I do I do a lot more shorts than I do longs, depending on the market environment. Market environment. Okay, so do you, are you eyeing any gaps today? I mean, we got them all over the place. I don't know if you have uh, favorite stocks that you like to look to, but let's see what we got in the dog. Ooh, ooh, the data dog. Boy, that was about six bucks higher when we were talking about it. Uh, is there any uh, individual issues that you want to talk today that maybe you played into it and uh, now you're going to replay it uh after the earnings uh, i haven't yet scanned uh, oh. because i was waiting for the news to come out because i knew it would move the market uh, but uh, there's going to be a lot of gaps today like a ton uh, so with the market opening down like this i mean <laughs> i mean this has been such a buy the dip mentality uh, but you know, it, it's changing now. Are you gonna, are you gonna just go with what the, the scans tell you? Are you leaning more towards the long side or short side? No, I will go with whatever the gaps, I mean, whatever gaps I find that look good, I'll just go with those. The market is extended to the upside. I wasn't, we got a reversal bar yesterday for the first time in a while. We did, I, I know. was expecting a gap down, so I'm positioned that way. We'll see. All right. You also have a, a uh, two other strategies, a climatic and a reversal strategy. Uh, talk, I mean, they kind of both the same thing there, but uh, talk to us about uh, the climatic one first. Yeah. So the climactic strategy is uh, when the stock free falls, it's like it becomes like a waterfall and starts to accelerate. And then I'm trying to pick the bottom or when the stock goes crazy up vertical almost parabolic and i'm trying to pick the top the idea is that there are a limited amount of people willing to, to buy or sell a stock at any given time and when the stock runs out of those buyers or sellers that's when i step in and provide the liquidity or basically take the other side uh, so you can see it when you look at the chart because the stock when you when you're watching a stock that's dropping 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 you you'll notice that at some point 
traders panic out of it. And how do you notice uh -huh. it? Because it starts to print wide range bars and then the volume spikes. Exactly. Exactly. So that's when I look look for a reversal bar and then I get in it. I try and I mean we talk about this too. You try you like to see that big volume, the big volume, and then sometimes the volume kind of like goes lower then you have a couple you know maybe an inside day or do you use uh i look for the the volume decline to uh to get in or are you more uh focused on the actual price of potential double bottom or triple bottom no i'm focused mostly i'm i'm more focused on the price always but definitely i, I look for a volume spike to indicate that to tell me that traders have just panicked out of it the last yep. group of sellers just sold out so that you get the volume spike, that's when I start to look for an entry. Okay, so in the reversal strategy, kind of, kind of the same thing now. Similar, very similar on the intraday. Uh, on the daily, it's basically just looking for a bounce off of the twenty. But on the intraday, it's the same as the climactic strategy. Okay. All right. Uh, and then as far as uh, individual issues you go today, well, I got a quick question. Do you, uh, do you make any use of options in your trading? I don't. I tried options before and I decided, you know what? I'm an equities kind of guy, love equities. And I, I, I tried them for a while and then I decided to go back to just straight stocks. Top, top. What about like the the fundamentals, the fundamentals of stocks, the fundamentals of the markets? Is that something that you just uh, you know you rely on your technical analysis or and use these fundamental events as as catalysts, or uh, like are you you know pinpointing the Fed and and looking to you know forecast those moves? Um, I use the fundamentals only for entertainment purposes, meaning. <laughs> You can, uh, you know, you can talk about the fundamentals all you want, but you you get paid on price. So I'm a technician through and through. But again, I'm curious always about the fundamentals or, uh, and about financial news. So that's how I use them. But I don't really benefit from them. So it's just I say for entertainment purposes. Okay, so uh, let's see. We still got Triple D in the background here. I thought I saw him. We'll be getting uh, his thoughts uh, on the price action coming in. Uh, after that number, and I'm just looking, we did make a low at 44.81. And do I have anything on the dailies there? Nope. The next daily low, if you're looking for more, uh, your next daily low comes in at 49.70. Uh, the other thing, I just a little bit of word of caution here. Uh, the, the average daily ranges have been trending down, down, down. We got down to 43. So that's the expected move for the day. Uh, we've moved almost 60 here. So that's not saying that we can't have a 60, 70, 80 point down day, uh, but just being, you know, keeping within the averages of, of uh, re your respective uh, average daily ranges, keeping that in mind. Is that something that you went, that you use too, as far as targets? What do you use for targets once you get into your trades? Uh, if, if I have a trend, there's nothing for me at least better than using the rising 20 or the declining 20 on the daily chart. Um, I also look at support and resistance, but that's about it. Okay. All right. So you'll just try and instead of trying to pick a top and something, do you have anything that you like any of these parabolic stocks uh, like SMCI or NVIDIA any, or any of those stocks that you've been traded to the long side and maybe had an exit in them? Something that we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, I, 
I have a call in my newsletter on SMCI and NVIDIA to the downside today. Um, oh, uh, yeah. If they break yesterday's low, which they probably will nice. after today's gap. Um, so I don't honestly, I don't think there's going to be a huge move in those stocks um, to the downside, but they have a nice reversal bar. So if they break below it, we should see some follow through. Okay. All right. And uh, do you like to stick? Do you have, do you have a volume threshold uh, for stocks, a volume or a price threshold for stocks? Uh, that you like? I don't have a price threshold, though. I noticed that I I don't make much money on penny stocks, like under a dollar. <laughs> I, I do trade anything above a dollar, but I stay away from anything under a dollar. And then volume wise, uh, for intraday trading, I need about a million shares or so on average. Uh -huh. uh, and then for, for swing trading, I need about half a million shares per day. But the thing about uh, the gap strategy is that when the stock gaps, even if it averages only two, two 300,000 shares, it will do five times that much uh, the day of the gap. So I don't worry too much about volume, but I do worry about the, the spread and the liquidity at the open. Uh, but the average daily volume is not a huge thing for me um, because, again, I, I focus on gaps and then gaps bring in a lot of volume. Do you are you out there on the opening helping those market makers putting orders out of that opening print? There's a lot of price inefficiencies at the open. There's a Absolutely. lot of opening order strategies. Are you in there trying to take advantage of that liquidity or other people take the other side of the coin? And say, you know what? I, I'm not going to compete with the big boys off the open. I'll use that first 15 minutes as parameters to look at the market. How do you use the open? No, I use the. I mean, I, my first trade is usually at 9:31. Within the first minute, if I see a reversal bar on a gap that I like, I just, I just get in it. So I'm, I'm right there at the open. You like to be at the open, okay? Absolutely. And then what about the close? I mean, I, I like we try and do technicals. We do do technicals um, on this show and the closing prices. Uh, to me, there's a lot of significance in the closing price just from the fact that that's where larger traders are marked. So put a lot of emphasis on the open, but uh, how much emphasis do you put on the close? Not as much, but I like my, my swing trades to close strong or weak. So towards the close, I shift towards you know, to swing trading, to focusing on reviewing my, my list in, into the close. If there's a swing trade position that I wasn't sure about and I see that it, it closed really weak, then I may get out of it. But uh, I like the liquidity at the close. That's mostly what I, what I like about it. But at the open, there's nothing like it because there's traders trapped in, in trades that they don't want to be in. And so they act irrationally. And that's when I really take advantage. Okay, so we're doing a lot of talk here about uh, uh, shorter term investing, right? And, uh, you know, lo longer term investing is a, a whole different story. Uh, so it for your for your longer term uh, uh, investing, is it just all technicals too? Or do you put in some of the fundamentals? All technicals, but if it's a, but here's where the fundamentals come in a little bit. If I'm going to uh, back up the truck and have a really large position. I never feel comfortable doing it on a company that I know nothing about on a small cap. So, so that's when the fundamentals come in. Like if I, uh, you know, if it's a big name that I recognize, then I don't mind doing a lot of volume. Uh, I mean, a lot of size, uh, but, uh, but otherwise it's purely based on technicals.
Okay, so let's. Uh, we got a few minutes here. Uh, up against the clock before we let you go. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull my uh, my charts up here, Aaron. If you could put my charts up here, and we could. Uh, I just would like to just you know walk us through. I don't know if your your scans are ready or something yet, but just give us a couple stocks that you're looking at today, or maybe stocks you mentioned Nvidia, SMCI. Let's try and go through. You know, maybe two stocks on the short side, two stocks on the long side. S&P is now below 49.80, folks. They are absolutely pounding. 49.70, I believe, is your four or five-day low. So give us a couple charts to look at. Let me get the pre-market action here, and then we'll let you get on with your busy day. No problem. Sounds good. So check out WCC. Uh, I don't even know the name of the company, but look at the gap. It's gapping to 164 below support. Th that looks good to me to the downside. Because it's you know it's been rising and then broke out recently a couple of weeks ago and now it's gapping below support. Um, look at TDC, Tom David Charlie, also below support on a large gap down. That looks nice. So as a short, these are two short candidates. In terms of uh, bullish candidates, let me see. Um, I don't have any. Anything that I you don't have any bullets with the SPs getting lit up like a Christmas tree. I uh, I just want to see. Uh, let's see this TDC Terra Data Corp um, earnings. So uh, I see this trading lower Q1 uh, guidance below estimates. So there is news on that one, but that you don't let that affect the way you trade it, right? You're just I, purely trading the technicals. Um, if you're short this thing off the open, uh, I mean, or near the open, I do. Drill down on some shorter term charts for a potential stop, or do you hope to see some kind of sympathetic bounce off the open? No, 100%. I will, if I get in short, my stop will always be the high of the day or lower or some price lower, but never above high, high of the day on the intraday timeframes. So if I, if I find a pattern, a way to get in it, I'll get in it and my stop will be above today's high. Okay, uh, before I let you go, you've heard, you know, you've been around the street, you've traded with Red Dog, a couple of the excellent traders out there. Uh, give us two or three, you know, words of wisdom for people that, hey, you know, this market, I missed out on this entire rally. I'm going to quit my job and start day trading now. What, what, what advice would you have for them? Uh, to tell you the truth, uh, this is, I may be different uh, than most other people in that way, but I don't actually recommend trading to, uh, to family and friends unless they are uh, committed to it. But most people want to get into trading because they think it's a quick way to make a, a lot of money. And I, I say, no, it's not. So you got to be all the way in or all the way out. I, I still tell them, you know, invest long term, you know, be invested in your 401ks and um, your IRA in your IRA accounts. But if you want to pursue trading, intraday trading and, and swing trading, you really have to be committed. Uh, so that's, you know, so that's my general recommendation. But as far as like what to do, I, I, I always think, you know, one should, there's a million ways to skin a cat. I always think that everybody should find a way that suits their own natural personality. So trade in a way that suits you, that works for you, that you agree with, that you absolutely love. And that that's also objective, not based on some opinions and some, news like something that you can repeat uh, on a day-to-day -day basis and then that's objective you're actually analyzing price action objectively and that's you know that's the methodology that i trade it's completely objective if it's 
the only subjective part of it is my own is when I let my own opinions and beliefs interfere. But other otherwise, it's an objective way to analyze uh, price action. Okay, so uh, personality traits should be your trading style. I don't know if I'd recommend that to everybody in our chat here, but uh, just a little joke here. We have been on the line with Sammy Abu Saad. He's uh, director of education over there at T3, giving us a look at some of his strategies, long side, short side. Really appreciate you coming on, Sammy. You go out there and get them. We'll talk to you again in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thanks for be thanks for having me. All right. I don't know if Triple D can crawl out of the Trave Cave yet, but uh, we talked about all eyes on the CPI, folks, and that's exactly what we got. I just want to move on to a uh, a couple other stocks here. We got about eight minutes left in the show. S&Ps are just are continuing the leak at the low 49.77. I did give you that one daily low, which is 40 points below the last level on my sheet. I kind of got uh, a little bit lazy here, but let's let me go to the daily here. 49.70 was your uh, February 7th low. Uh, man, your lows are just spread out far in, far in between there. So keep an eye, first things first, keep an eye on that 49.70. Uh, we did have some news on TripAdvisor. Um, and that news was is they're forming a special committee of the board of directors to evaluate uh, future decisions. Well, they did have that already. I, I don't know why they didn't. I don't know if it sounds like a potential sale or a potential acquisition. But whatever the case may be, this is still holding on to its pre-market gains. They were actually, this news came out after hours. Yeah, after hours high came in at 26.21. They're slinging around. They were slinging around pretty good volume last night. Um, since things have settled down since that 4 a.m. open, since I don't know if you're going to get back up into that 26 handle, uh, you're open since the, the 4 a.m. has been 2557. So we'll keep an eye on that. Currently trading 2514. Uh, if you got caught short this one, uh, the top of yesterday's range, that comes in at 2285. If you're looking for a gap fill on TripAdvisor, very, very specific news uh, to the stock. Well, Triple D, you're back. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, the number. What was that? Like I couldn't even look at the numbers because the trading action is so incredible. They were, they were bad. Point one percent was it? Zero point one percent hot. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna hammer this market. Give back everything the IWM just did in the last two days because yeah. of a zero point one percent. I mean, we're at a point here where everything is just dis like just everything's an overshoot. Everything is an extreme overshoot. I mean, if you were buying the dip yesterday and you were like, oh. I'm so hungry for stocks, this now makes you sell everything? I I don't know. Like, I look at the IWM specifically because the S&P is not telling the story here. It's not a story at all. The IWM, Joel, is down 3.27%. It just had an incredible three-day move and it's trying to give it all back in 20 minutes. That's incredible. So I'm looking at a lot of support in the IWM in the lower 190s. And I mean, mm -hmm. if you get a shot down there today, I almost think you got to take that shot. Not saying 
you're backing up the truck and buying the dip on the first day. But this number here, it's the market is acting like this is the hottest number we've ever seen. The market is acting like this is just the worst news we ever could have possibly got. And it was point one up. I mean, I, I I'm actually not surprised we sold off, but I'm and we're all overbought. So maybe it's just a combination of being overbought and a little bit of a hot number. But does this not on the IWM specifically, not looking at the S and P, feel like a little bit of an overreaction? Especially after the string of good numbers that we had. Yeah, I like mean, you think everything is just going to always go straight up in a straight line, like. Oh my gosh, inflation is back. <laughs> Katie bar the door. This is it. We're going to go pay $1,000 for a loaf of bread. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get this market. It's just a market of overreaction. That's really what it is on both sides. You know, to hit Datadog down 20 bucks this morning, then buy it all the way up to even. It's coming back down now. It's down 6%. Wish we would have listened to pre market prep and sold all at 133. Because now 126, there's 20 minutes of alpha for you. Um, I, I don't even know what to say, though, on IWM. That is a significant down move here. I wouldn't have never thought on a 0.1%. If you were told me that I was going to be 0.1% hot, nope. I'd be like, we're down 1% on the IWM. We're down a little bit. You know, in all likelihood, though. But remember, folks, if we, we go into the tail of the markets that we were in, people are like, this is the end of NVIDIA. This is the end of NVIDIA. They'll be saying that today. You know what, though? What worked in an inflationary environment was NVIDIA. Don't be surprised if they actually gravitate back to those stocks. So if I was buying the dip here today, and again, you know, maybe I think I am. I think I am a buy, buy the dipper today. Um, I'm probably looking at maybe some of these tech stocks. Like Microsoft just fell off eight bucks. Well, we were saying that Microsoft was going to be okay in an inflationary environment. Now you get so, – so, so, so it's a, a tricky, tricky tape. Because you got an overbought market that wanted to sell off, and we're getting that, but it's a violent, violent sell-off in a lot of names. I mean, a lot. Did of you have any down. chance? Did you have any chance at anything? The algos are quick, man. I was trying to hit some stuff. I hit a little bit of stuff, just hedging more than anything. It was hard to just come in and like just knock. I think your chance today is to take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Think about you know some of the names that you've wanted. And, you know, this isn't a 10% sell-off in the overall market, but we've got four, five, six, seven percent sell-offs in a lot of names here today. Take a deep breath, look and analyze, and this is not the end of the world, folks. I don't think this is the end of the world. I don't think this is the end of the bull market. The bears on Twitter are going to be running rampant here and saying, we told you so. We told you NVIDIA topped out. I mean, they told us that all the way up from 500 to 600 to 700 all the way up. They're going to be running around and scaring the hell out of everyone. I think calmer heads will prevail here. I do think this is going to actually be, I don't know like, if I want to come in on the first day here, but if IWM comes down like 190, there's all kinds of support down there. Yeah, so, that's so I think what you start doing, draw your lines, find your major support lines, and use that, you know, as your first opportunity here. Maybe not coming in, you know, right off the bat, but I feels like an overshoot to me. You know who kind of got this right, even though the market continued to rally? The bond traders. Look at this. Look, look at the one, has yeah. not. Yep, yep. Yep. We talked about decoupling. Why is the IWM rallying, but the TLT is not? You know, we've talked about all that. 
And you know what? The bond traders are the smarter traders, seems like always. And we've been worried about the TLT. It is breaking down here again. Keep that eye, keep that on your screen. It's a bad day for the TLT when it falls 1.1%. IWM down 3.2% now. Giving back. I just cannot, I keep going back to it because it was such a good three-day breakout. Three days ago, we were 192 and we just rallied to 202. It felt like in a heartbeat on Unbelievable. Yep. And now we're yep. trying to give it all back. I mean, you get down IWM 190 to 192 again, I think you take a shot. I think you take a shot off the major support of IWM at 190. It's six bucks away, though. I don't know if yeah. we're losing another six. That would but be. I think you're looking, you know, and again, I have trading positions on. So, you know, I, I have a position on the IWM, but it's an ETF. So I feel like I can't. Okay. Really no, I, 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 no, I'm, I appreciate I'm still short it. the IWM right now. I was short from the close. Um, I haven't covered it yet into this. But I feel like I'm going to be covering it, like probably soon. Um, I, I just real quick, Dennis, because we're we're up against clock here, nine o'clock. Yeah. How about the environment that was created before this number by Powell? And we still we keep going back to that about the pivot, right? And what everyone was saying, it wasn't when it wasn't that they were going to cut rates. It was only a matter of when they were going to cut the rates and how many how many rate cuts were we going to have in 2024. Now, I'm not saying that that's off the table and I don't know. I'm not looking at the dot plot. I just look at, you know, or just go with gut. I mean, I think right now, I mean, this is one month's number. We'll 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 get more information, a little bit more information tomorrow because you know who we're having on? We're having blue. We're having blue putnam on. The former, yep, the former uh, director of uh, um, economics at the CME, and uh, you know he'll talk about this slow and steady race and just a little hiccup here. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here at 9.01, uh, just off the lows of the pre-market session, 49.75. I mentioned those uh, daily lows in there. Thank you, Donk and Dave. Uh, wild show, fun show here today. I hope Triple D, uh, thanks for uh, getting me through here the last 10 minutes. And uh, that's it for this pre-market prep on a Tuesday. Everyone, have a great day. 